0: Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth Women's Podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to connect women of different life stages and ethnicities for fellowship, discipleship, and encounters with the Trinity that will lead to living missional lives. We pray that this podcast will bring life to your mind, body, and spirit.
1: Hello, my name is Lindy Pinkston, and I'm the Women's Connections Pastor at Antioch Fort Worth here in Fort Worth, Texas. And I want to welcome you to the Antioch Fort Worth Women's Podcast. We've taken a few months off for the summer, but we are here and ready to start our monthly podcast back up. Um, This year, we're going to focus on two areas from Matthew 12, verses 29 through 31. Um, it, It says in the message, I love this version of it, it says, Jesus said, the first importance is, listen, Israel, the Lord your God is one. So, love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence and energy. And here's the second. Love others as well as you love yourself. There's no other commandment that ranks with these. And I love this version of how it says, love others as well as love yourself. So, to follow into that, this fall, we're going to focus on ways to love ourselves so that we can love others well. Our podcast will focus on ways to take care of our hearts, our bodies, our minds, and our spirits. We'll focus on loving others in the spring, and all these focuses will deepen our love for the Father. So, with this vision casted, I'm super excited to welcome my dear friend, Anda Brown. Hello, Anda. Hello. Who is joining us today. I just want to do a little clap. Yay for Anda. Um, And I just want to say, Anda, thanks for taking the time to share with us what God has been teaching you about self-compassion. And so, but before we get started, tell me a little bit about yourself, Anda.
0: Well, I, I want to start off by saying, we, I realized as we started doing this that this summer will mark 22 years of being at Antioch. Oh, my so that's goodness. Really fun. That's and, a yeah. lifetime. But um, just to tell you about my family, I married my high school sweetheart, Aww. Randy, and we will celebrate 30 years of marriage this December. We have seven kids. McKenna's twenty six. Josiah's twenty four. Luke is twenty two and married to my wonderful daughter in law Ashlyn, mm-hmm. who's also twenty two. Mariah's is nineteen. Isaac's seventeen.
1: Malachi's is fifteen. And Piper's thirteen. Oh my gosh! Let's just say she did say seven kids, <laughs> and she's still standing and smiling. For those of you who are um, have many little ones, right? Anda, yes, she survived. Yes. they're amazing kids. Yes. I really
0: love them all. Um, and just one little thing you should know about me is that I love books. Um, oh, I love reading is. them. I hoard them. <laughs> um, everything about them. Love bookstores. And my dream is to write a book or open a bookstore someday.
1: So and we can't wait till that bookstore opens. We'll have neither. a grand opening party. <laughs> um, so, Anda, what Anna is going to talk about this morning um, or today, where, whenever you're listening to this, is self-compassion. So, Anna, why don't you explain? I know there's a lot. Some people are like, what is she exactly going to talk about? But in your words, so what is self-compassion? Well, I'm going to answer that in two parts. I want to talk about what it is, but I
0: also want to talk about what it is not because I think that's important. Mm -hmm. I just need to say also that I'm taking a lot of this from other resources that I'll mention later in the podcast. But self-compassion is literally the act of having compassion for yourself. It's having self-kindness. Saying things and doing things for yourself, just like you would do for a good friend who needed encouragement. That's good. It involves remembering common humanity, which is just realizing that suffering and pain and being imperfect are all a part of being human. Mm. It's seeing that every single person has strengths and weaknesses and knowing that you're not alone or the only person to experience something. Yeah. And Mindfulness is a third piece of self-compassion, which is just accepting yourself as you are in the present moment without judgment. I love that definition. I love, I love. this is gonna be so good, y'all. okay, keep going. <laughs> and I, this is what I wanted to say too. it's I want to say what it's not because sometimes people hear that term and they immediately think self-absorption or selfishness yeah. or laziness, and that's not what it is. Mm-hmm. I think the way Brene Brown distinguishes between compassion and pity for others is helpful in understanding this. I would summarize her definition by saying that pity. Is when you say, "Poor me," I'm the only one suffering. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing that with other people, it would be saying, "I feel so sorry for them." I'm glad it isn't me. Mm-hmm. And compassion is shared suffering, instead of setting yourself up as better or worse off than somebody else. Pity's isolating, and compassion does just the opposite, and reminds us that we're not alone. And I can tell you from experience that self-compassion actually increases mm-hmm. your compassion for others, and your
1: ability to love and be present with others grows in that. Oh, I love this. This is so good. And um, I know you and I have worked, a, well, worked we've walked a little bit on this self-compassion journey together. Mm-hmm. Um, you have dove deeper in it than I have, but I've seen your life transform. And so why don't you just tell us some about your journey in this? Yeah, well, I have struggled with depression most
0: of my adult life, and if you read back through all my journals from as long as long ago as when I was 18, you would hear a resounding refrain of, I'm so tired. Yeah. I was even saying this all the time when I had no kids, and <laughs> I was especially saying that after I had kids. Exactly. Um, but there were many reasons for that. Constant fatigue that I believe I began to see one of the major sources of my depression in February of 22. Um, I saw this Instagram ad. I'm a sucker for Instagram ads. <laughs> it <are>. happens all <laughs> the time, but this time it was 100% worth it. Um, The ad was for a journal about self-kindness, and I think my phone heard me talking about it, which is why I had this ad in the first (laughs) place. But I ordered it and began to do the little exercises consistently, and I can say without one ounce of exaggeration, God has used it to change my life. Mm. And there are so many layers to this, and I could talk about it for hours, but I think I saw two fundamental things pretty early on in the process. First, I saw that contrary to what I had been telling myself, this was one of the greatest commandments of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And you just read this at the beginning, but Mark 12, 30 and 31 says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and mm-hmm. you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these But I think a lot of times we tend to kind of skip over that piece where Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. At least I was skipping over it. I believe to actually care for myself emotionally and mentally was selfish and not the way of Jesus. But here's the thing. If the command was to love God and then love others, why did he say those two little words as yourself? And if it was only God and other people, I truly believe it's because he knows that we can only have compassion for others to the degree that we have it for ourselves. It's the way we're wired. Mm -hmm. He made our bodies and our minds and they need care. This is a similar concept to what Deanne Reynolds talked about when she was on this podcast. It is absolutely essential. And the second thing I saw early in this journey is that I had been abused for almost my entire life by me um, i had been my own abuser. It explained a lot about why I was so tired. Think about a person who's emotionally or physically abused by another person who they love and have relationship with. It's exhausting trying to brace yourself for the next negative comment or criticism, enduring that pain day after day. It's actually a lot of fight, flight, or freeze, and I've been doing that to myself for literally decades. And any mental health professional will tell you that to be in a constant state of fight, flight, or freeze is really bad for your health. So... As I begin to journal and do some simple practices, uh, slowly but surely, change began to happen. And I think it's important to note here that changing our thinking and those pathways in our brains is a journey. Mm -hmm. It's never an overnight process. Remembering that that is actually an important part of Mm self-compassion. And I'm still doing these practices, and I'm still learning, and I will be until the day I die. This isn't something you learn and check off a list. It's a lifetime practice, but... I will say that I feel emotionally and mentally stable in a way that I never have because this practice has given me language and tools to remember that I'm actually not a loser and I'm worthy of love and compassion. absolutely. I learn to be kind to myself. I'm learning. I will say I'm learning. Like instead of noticing all that I haven't done for my kids during any given day, I'm beginning to notice what I have done, and I think one of the biggest things I've learned is in regard to common humanity, and this is super important for us to remember and practice, we've all done this, I'll use motherhood as an example, but it could be anything, could be your marriage, your job, friendships with people, your body image, just anything, Mm -hmm. but with motherhood as an example, if you're a mom, you've had days, and for me, it was every stinking day, Mm -hmm. where you just feel like you failed, And this is kind of a silly example, but for me, one of those things used to be, my kids have the worst diet on the planet, no one's kids are as picky as mine, I failed to teach them good habits, and they'll probably die young, and it's all my fault. (laughs) Because I thought I was feeding them really badly all the time. I would even think it was my fault if one of my boys got a cramp or an injury on the football field. This is
1: true. I have (laughs) been with her. I can just testify.
0: (laughs) When Luke used to get cramps, she'd be like because you didn't eat well. Or, yeah, I, I always blamed it all on myself. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me why my thinking has been like that because I have no idea. But I had zero self-compassion in that area. And I remember one day in particular, and this is in the last year, y'all. This isn't like five years ago. Um, I was working through a self-compassion exercise, and I realized my negative self-talk around this issue. And I realized that I was completely ignoring the fact that I had made my kids a smoothie at breakfast that morning. I was comparing myself to some imaginary composite mom, Mm -hmm. you know, that perfect mom that's made up of what you believe to be the best parts of every mom you know. And I believe that I was the only mom who let their kids eat more chips and vegetables. Mm -hmm. I believe believe that nobody else felt like such a failure. And when we do this, we create that us versus them mentality and we either feel like losers or we end up judging other people. They're two sides of the same Mm -hmm. coin. However, when we see that we're all in this together, we're all human, and we all have strengths and weaknesses, it shifts something in our hearts, and compassion is released for ourselves and for other people. Mm, good. And then the mindfulness practice has been invaluable as well. There's a long list of ways to practice mindfulness, and I'll talk about some of those in a minute. But what this has done for me is take everything down a level and bringing me back to the moment I'm actually in. And I'll, like I said, I'll talk more about those in a minute. But I would say the biggest thing I'm learning to do is stop shitting myself. My theme song my whole life has been a lot of shame and guilt. I've let my inner critic tell me what I should be doing or not doing. And I think I can confidently say that should never produces good results for me. Mm. I was thinking about this the other day, and it hit me. Do we actually think Jesus went around feeling bad and telling himself what he should be doing? Mm. Like, do we think he went out to be alone on his mountain to pray and thought, Oh, I'm so selfish. I should be out there loving people more and healing that long line that was waiting for me. Mm. Of course he wasn't doing that because... He's the embodiment of peace, and that doesn't bring peace. And so he wasn't doing that. And that was kind of revelation to me. So what I'm currently practicing and getting better at is thinking about what I'm choosing to do. I get to make decisions and set my own boundaries, and no one's forcing anything on me. God really does give us a choice. And when we aren't shooting ourselves to death, we get to experience that freedom that he talks about. And this is making life a lot more fun. Good. And even in that, I've had to let go of perfectionism. Self-compassion is being okay and forgiving yourself and loving yourself when you make the wrong decision or you just flat out blow it. And we can do that because it's exactly what Jesus is doing for us in that moment.
1: That's so good. And uh, I love how you bring it back to Jesus and like how he did that kind of stuff um, in peace, right? And he wasn't feeling guilty or shame about it. Um, I also just like it how, um, you know, it really does produce more compassion when we are self-compassionate towards ourselves. And I've heard it, and you kind of mentioned this, but like if if a friend comes to you and is having a hard day, you would never be like, "Andy, get over it. Mm -hmm. You're being so selfish. I can't believe you're thinking that. You would never say that to a friend, but we say that to ourselves all the time. And it's that good pausing, like, would I say this to a friend? You know yeah what I'm saying? Yeah. That's I, really helpful to remember that. I love this. Okay. So why so you've laid an amazing foundation um about this, but why why is it important that we talk about this?
0: Well, I mean it's probably kind of obvious to all of us, but it's important to talk about because when we aren't having self compassion, mm-hmm. we're usually in shame and guilt. Probably so. always. And shame makes us feel isolated and alone, and it makes us want to hide. And when we can't have empathy for ourselves, I don't think we can have empathy and authentic connection with other people. Um, I'll give an example that's a bit weightier than my kids eating junk food. Um, <laughs> I, I'm an only child, and my parents moved right down the road from me back in March. And my relationship with my mom hasn't been great for a long time, but now she has dementia, and she can be very challenging. Mm. And she was especially that way around the time of their move. And, I mean, I understood why she was worse and why she was so infuriating. But there were days when I thought I was going to lose my ever-loving mind. (laughs) So, this conversation in my head can go one of two ways. I've done both. And this is still a struggle for me almost on a Uh daily basis. I can say, what is wrong with me? Jesus said to do to others as I want them to do to me and I'm failing my mom has had trauma and now she has dementia and I should just have grace for her pretty much I'm a terrible daughter and I should have the patience that other people in this situation have I'm so selfish and lazy and I will say that those thoughts can fly through my head in a matter of milliseconds Mm -hmm. which is why I think it's so important to practice writing things down because it forces you to see what your brain is doing And notice in that example that I have now condemned and criticized myself as a human, as a daughter, as a Jesus follower, and I've compared myself to the rest of the world, and I win the failure contest. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll continue to serve my mom, but I physically will feel heavy and tired, and my resentment of her and her situation will probably increase, and whatever I'm doing will never feel like enough by my unrealistic standards. Mm -hmm. But what I'm learning to do is... Having more of a self-compassionate response, which would sound more like I'm going to take a few deep breaths while closing my eyes and listening to the sounds of life around me, and then you would actually stop and pause. This is a very hard time for my mom and for me. It's a lot of change. She really can't help what she's doing right now, and I get that. I'm feeling tired and frustrated with her behavior, and that's completely normal, and it's okay. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll help them unpack for an hour and then go back to my house and have a nice cup of coffee on my porch so I can recharge before I go back over tomorrow. She's doing the best she can, and so am I. And... And I've experienced this too, but you can see how that response of self-kindness has much greater potential to produce compassion and patience Mm -hmm. and love for my mom than me beating myself up. And like I said, it can go either way for me these days, but when I choose to slow down and first focus on kindness for myself in this scenario and on what is and not how I wish it was or what Mm -hmm. I think it should be, then I'm empowered to give compassion and empathy to her from a loving place instead of a place of resentment
1: and just tolerating her. So good, Andy. That's so practical, you know. And I'm sure there's been times you've been halfway in that thinking but down that one path, you're like, Stop, yeah, like, like, for sure, yeah. You know, <laughs> and I think, I think, um, just having compassion for ourselves too. When we do mess up, at the end of the day, you're like, You know what, I, I wish I had thought this way, but I didn't. And yeah. how we even have compassion for ourselves when we go to bed at night, when we look mm-hmm. through our day and we examine our day and we say, Okay, where did I sense the Lord? And, where, where did i fully act out in myself and and then we release it to the lord and we go to sleep and i just think this is so good i love having the words and the i can see you going back down to your porch and sitting on your porch drinking your coffee right <laughs> yeah he's satisfied and you didn't change in your circumstances your mom's circumstances didn't change right 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 but you, Not at all. <laughs> but you mm-hmm. did so, um, you already gave us some practical examples, but I know you are full of practical examples because you're doing <laughs> a lot of them. Um, I've seen you do. So give us some, some more practical practices. Okay.
0: I'm going to start by saying the places where I've gotten a lot of this because that, I mean, if you want to write it down, that's great. I think Christine is going to put it in the, maybe some notes online too, but so kind of the, as I mentioned in the beginning, that journal that I found on Instagram was called self love and it's switch research in like S W I T C H. If you Google switch research, you'll find their website and they have a lot of journals. They have self-talk, self-love emotions. I don't remember Mm -hmm. all of them, but they've been really helpful. Probably the most helpful. They're really short and doable little exercises. Um, and then self-compassion This is the name of the book by Kristen Neff. And she also has a workbook that goes with that. That has been really helpful. Just explains the whole concept of self-compassion and has a lot of helpful exercises. Mm -hmm. And then almost any of Brene Brown's books talk about shame and self-compassion. So they're really helpful as well. So I'll give you five things that have helped me that I've gotten out of these various resources. And yeah, you can do with them what you want. But one of them is really simple. It's deep breathing. Mm -hmm. And you just take a few minutes to stop and take some deep breaths. I know some of us have heard of box breathing where Mm -hmm. you you know breathe in for 3 seconds hold it for 3 seconds breathe out for 3 seconds and stay down there for 3 seconds and it just really does take your heart rate down mm-hmm. and it you focus on your literal breath and it just gets you back in the moment and that's yeah. been really good when you feel stressed that's just really good to relax your whole body and um, compassionate touch <laughs> is another one and I laughed at this one when I first read it but it sounds kind of silly, but happy chemicals are released in our bodies when someone gives us a hug or pats us on the shoulder, and our brains don't know who's touching us. They just know that you're getting a hug. Right. So you can literally hug yourself. I've done this, or I've patted myself on the arm if I'm feeling stressed or upset, <laughs> and it really does help. Um, there's another self regulation technique that kind of helps you get out of your head and into the present moment. It's called 54321, and you just stop. And you look around you and say, name five things that you can see in the space you're in. You name four things that you can feel. It could be your clothes touching your body or the floor, Mm -hmm. anything like that. Three things you can hear, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste. And that's been really helpful if you want to stop the worry train Mm -hmm. from plowing through your head or shut up your inner critic. This is a good one to try. And this one has been, honestly, in the last month or two, I learned this. It talks about how our brain, in order to switch gears from thinking negatively to positively, a lot of times that's a big jump. So Mm -hmm. it's helpful to take that negative thought to a neutral thought and then to a positive thought. So here's the example going back to my kids' diet. (laughs) <laughs> um, if my kids happen to eat ice cream for breakfast, which I'm sure they've never done, but I could think I'm a terrible mom because my kids ate ice cream for breakfast. A neutral thought would be my kids ate ice cream for breakfast. You're just observing right. the situation. And changing that to a positive thought would be my kids ate ice cream for breakfast, and that's okay. It's not going to kill them. I think tonight we'll have some broccoli with dinner. Right. So uh, I'm not beating myself yeah. up. I'm just thinking, okay, we're going to shift that's that. That's good that one's been helpful to me just in the last month and then I know we've all heard this but being very intentional in our practice of gratitude really does change our brains and our perspective over time and I like yes. that those switch journals they have some really practical gratitude mm-hmm. practices that are mm-hmm. a little different and really helpful
1: so good I know you and I kind of did a self compassion workbook together, and I remember I remember mm-hmm. the touch one. We were laughing like, yeah. give yourself a friendly hug, you know. But I, I mean, I still remember um, I was actually out of town and I was trying to do some of the exercises because I had just had a recent conversation with someone that caused some stress, mm-hmm. and it was just like, yes, I'm going to have compassion, and I didn't, and I did not respond well, and that's that's when you start beating yeah. yourself up. It was like, okay, how did I get sucked into that again? How did I get hooked? <laughs> you know, yeah. and I just think I think some of these resources that she's mentioned they're going to be in our new show notes. People are having a new uh, Christina Jones, who's our awesome uh, women's admin. She's going to start um, putting um, any of the kind of resources that anybody shares on the podcast there. But so I really encourage you because Anna didn't just get to where she's at by saying, "Oh, I want to be have more self compassion." I think that's a great idea, and just sleep on it. She really has been intentional with doing some of these exercises and stuff so and uh, as we're kind of wrapping up what would you tell someone who is listening to this and is like oh my goodness this is me that i this i i could totally relate to most of what she's sharing mm-hmm. what would you say to them well i've already said it a lot i kind of feel like a broken
0: record but the first thing i would say is to remember that you are 100 percent not alone mm-hmm. and we're all human and this is something that everyone struggles with at different times I think it's important to have those safe places where you can talk through your struggles with this. We know that keeping stuff like this hidden doesn't lead to freedom. Mm -hmm. Um, Find a good therapist. I've had an amazing one now for over a year. Find those people who will listen and accept you exactly as you are. I would say it's not a good idea to share these deep places with people who will only increase that shame and isolation. Mm -hmm. So use wisdom who you're talking to this about. and Letting go of perfectionism is key. We're... All wired differently, and some of us may be more prone to negative self-talk, but no one has got this down perfectly, except yeah. Jesus. And the other thing I would say is that it's not hopeless. Mm-hmm. I love to read the research on the brain that talks about neuroplasticity. The brain's pathways really can change, mm-hmm. and it's really cool that God made our brains like that. So just figure out one thing that you could do today to show kindness to yourself, like Lindy said, like you would to a friend and even just one small thing done on a fairly consistent basis really can lead to long-term change.
1: I love that. You know, and I love what you're saying is like one small change. Like don't leave this podcast like, oh my gosh, I've got to yeah. do 15 things that Anna said. Just start with one and focus on one and then introduce different stuff and think that's what Anna's heart is. You just find it. It wouldn't was, be because it, it would be, be my perfect, perfect day. day. You're right, you're right. And you're right. so
0: I would order some coffee Probably sit there and read, maybe write for a little while. Then I would go back to my nice little Airbnb in wherever place I was located, out by the water. The temperature would not be a 1,000 degrees. And I would sit there in my sweatshirt and have more coffee and do some more reading.
1: Oh, my goodness. I'm so glad that's going to be your day today. Yeah. In (laughs) August uh, weather of Texas. Okay, that's fun. I wish I could join you on your ultimate day. And I pray that that day comes to you. Yeah, me too sooner than later in our time every time i'm just going to ask you just to say a prayer blessing for anybody Mm -hmm. that's listening and that god would really meet them um even in what they're feeling right now if they're listening to you yeah
0: oh god i just thank you that you are with us and i thank you that you lived here on this earth and you walked around in a human body and and you know how we're made and you know how you've created us and i thank you for your commands where you said love your neighbor as yourself because Mm -hmm. you knew that was really important and so I do just ask your blessing on anyone who's listening to this Mm -hmm. just who is struggling or who feels discouraged I pray for hope and I pray for just that feeling of not feeling isolated or alone and um, I pray that you would meet every single one of us today where we are in this journey and just give us one little One little tool, one little thing to do today that would just encourage our spirits, God. We just thank you so much for the way you love us. In
1: Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us, and um, hope you will join us next month as we continue on this journey of ways we can love ourselves so that we can love others and love the Father. Have a great day.